We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. All right, everyone, this is it. Week 16, your fantasy championships, your last week of real, normal, standard DFS. And uh, you're listening to the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. I'm your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter, at FFKyleTheKid. For those of you who don't know, Road of His is a sports data and analytics site, publishing over 1,000 articles per year with a dozen apps designed to win you those fantasy championships and those DFS tournaments. If you want to get a 30% discount exclusive to the listeners of this show, go to roadofhis.com forward slash podcast, check out the site. Without further ado, let's get into it. The first clip of the week comes to you courtesy of On The Daily, where Matt Jones, Anthony Amico, and Matt LaMarca break down the Daily Fantasy slate. This week, they're talking about the value running backs we have, and we have a lot of them, so here it is. Uh, We have a lot of intriguing value options. Ido Smith is on the IR, so, uh, you know, the backfield for Atlanta should belong to Tevin Coleman. They did add Jeremy Langford off the practice squad. Uh, same goes for Elijah McGuire on the Jets, you know, Isaiah Crowell. Uh, Frank Gore is out. Kalen Balaj figures to take on the lead role, even though uh, Kenny Drake is still there. And uh, Jamal Williams is a little expensive, a little more expensive than these guys, but Aaron Jones on the IR as well. So I just want to do a quick buy or sell. So I'm just going to give you the player, the, the salary, and the matchup. And all I want you to do is say buy or sell. And then afterwards, I'll come back to you guys to get like who you like the most and all that stuff. So, uh, Tevin Coleman, 4,800 at Carolina. Jones, buying or selling? Buy. LaMarca? Buy. Okay, I'm buying as well. Uh, Elijah McGuire, LaMarca? Buy for cash games, sell GPPs. Jones? Yep. Uh, I think I'm just going to buy altogether. 
Don't love Green Bay. Uh, Kalen Balaj, 3,700 at home against Jacksonville. Jones. Bye. Lamarca? Sell Balaj, buy Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I'm, sell- I'm selling Balaj as well. Uh, and then Jamal Williams, 5,400 at your Fighting Jets, uh, which is for me a buy. Uh, what do you think, Matt? Or Lamarca? Sell. He's awful. Yep. Jones? Yeah, he's really bad at football. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So now that we've kind of just given the quick takes, Jones, who do you like the most out of this group? And, uh, you know, is that guy or any of these guys catch viable for you? Yeah, I think I think Tevin is going to be in every, probably every one of my lineups. Um, I, I just feel like there's there's no real reason not to play him. Like there's there's nobody there. But Atlanta's eliminated from playoff contention. Oh God, I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, but Tevin Coleman, a star go. player. That's the. It's just it, it's a lot different. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm going fully in on Tevin Coleman, and just like for. for just life and how all of this works. Like I lost in my semifinals in season long and he's on my team. So I know he's going to go off this week. So like, that's just a sure thing. It wasn't the reason you lost. Cause he was pretty good last week too. Yeah. Well, I didn't play him. So, Oh, well then that sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, LaMarco, who do you like in this group? Same question. Obviously as Jones. I think Coleman and McGuire are both super cash viable. Um, I worry about their ownership a little bit in GPPs. Like, I think Coleman could approach 30 plus percent coming off of a huge week. And I do think that the matchup versus Carolina isn't great. So I might sell him more for GPPs, but I think at 4,800, you can't go wrong with him for cash games. Uh, I really like Kenyon Drake this week at 3,900. I think that everybody that plays the Miami backfield is going to go with Balaj. And based off of what happened last week, like that makes sense. But I think that once Frank Gore got hurt, the team was already down like three scores. They didn't really feel the need to punish uh, Drake by putting him into that game script. So I think that if this game versus Jacksonville is more competitive, we should see a 50-50 split. And Drake has been really good in that role uh, recently. Like he's a home run hitter. So I think that he's going to have really minimal ownership, and I like his upside. Are we worried that Adam Gase just completely hates Kenyon Drake at all? Has he hated him for the whole season? Because he's been fine the last few weeks. I don't know. Well, he's been playing Frank I, Gore I, over him. So, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not expecting him to become a bell cow. I just wanted to add my two cents specifically on Elijah McGuire. He's gotten 18 and 17 carries in his past two games. And he scored in both those games. And I think that's something we've seen with his upside is that he has the ability to score. But uh, that's mostly a mirage in my eyes. Because when you look at their game logs, the Jets as a whole, in the past eight games, they've scored 27 once and 22 two times. Two of those games are when Elijah McGuire is getting a high amount of touches. He's been getting his most touches when they've been scoring just by coincidence, purely when they needed him, they happened to score because I don't believe a running back like him can have a large impact on their actual scoring. So just by coincidence, they scored for the Jets a lot of points in the two games he's been playing. I I can't imagine that sticks up because of the Jets and they haven't been scoring a lot outside of a few crazy games like their Detroit game early in the year, very often at all. The Jets are 24th in the league in scoring and their running back, Elijah McGuire, looks to be mostly a touchdown or bust guy on a terrible scoring team. That's just not a recipe for success, especially with awesome values like Tevin Coleman hanging around 
or even Jamal Williams, just the same type of running back on a better offense. So Elijah McGuire is an easy fade for me. The next clip comes to you courtesy of Rotovis Overtime, where Colm Kelly and Sean Siegel are talking about Mike Williams, a guy who math Twitter really didn't like, pictured him as a Laquan Treadwell prototype, and I think maybe this year we've been proven wrong on him, which is fine, and it's exciting to see a young player like him doing well. So here's their analysis of his season so far. It really did swing the game. The other thought that I had here in Mike, your input on it is how the Chiefs played this down the stretch. I think teams, and there's plenty of research suggesting the teams get too conservative. However, as the Chiefs approach their final possession, you're certainly hoping not to commit a turnover. You'd like to pick up a first down, you know, potentially several first downs, but you're also thinking when you're up 28-14 and then when you're up 28-21 that the worst that can happen is that you tie maybe you have a little bit of time to try and go down and kick a field goal but you're going to tie you're going to go overtime you're still the stronger team but in fact that is not the case because teams do have the option to go for two a team like the the about said san diego i certainly uh sympathize with that blunder i would still prefer the chargers to be there if you have a team like the chargers have going for two is a no-brainer in this situation and when you're the chiefs or you're an opponent you have to be considering that uh, with your own play calling and your own approach to the end of the game. Yeah, and I think uh, obviously it's hard to call if they're going to go for two points, you know, if they not level it up. I, I was watching this game. I didn't watch it live. I was watching it on replay on Friday, and I didn't know the score, so I was kind of following along, and it looked like a situation where the Chiefs had it in control, two-touchdown lead, then it was a situation where they got it back to one touchdown. And I was kind of thinking, like, the Chiefs are a high-powered offense. They're able to, in general, move the ball at will, you need to get that first down and close out the game and obviously it didn't happen in this situation i think they did get a little bit conservative but even at that still very hard to know that the team's going to go for two points but i'm really glad that a team has eventually made it pay off and win on the two-point conversion we've seen it four or five times over the last two seasons where every time the team has kind of gone for it outside of i believe it was the oakland raiders against the saints maybe last season that did pick up the win at the very end of the game but in a situation where you're on the road your leading wide receivers injured you have a, a situation where you have to win this game if you have any chance of getting uh, back on top off the chiefs as the season progresses here for the playoff standings for the division race it makes sense for them to go because i think the chargers at that point it was do or die um, and you don't want to give the ball back to the chiefs so it was a brave call but i think if you're looking at it from the chiefs point of view i think maybe a little bit conservative towards the end you know took the foot off the gas a little bit but when you look at it from the Chargers perspective it was kind of if they lost this game they still were in the playoff contention if they won this game there was so much to gain because now both at 11 and 3 a chance to progress and try and actually potentially get a bye depending on how the season finishes up so you had so much to gain it made absolute sense to go for it and just a, a really bad uh, defensive coverage um you know tr three on two situation where basically the three three go to one man and uh, leave mike williams wide open so i thought more so i would say the chiefs started to get a little bit conservative with the play call the thing i like about playoff football is you have to you know if you don't win you're out so you just go for it put your foot down uh, and that's what I thought the Chiefs should have done in this situation. So disappointing loss for the Chiefs, but a, a highly entertaining game. But back to the subject of Mike Williams, I, I was impressed with his all-round play. I've been impressed with his development um, over the, basically, 
missed uh, all of last season as a rookie um, with a back injury played a couple of games but then this year he's had a little bit more uh, in terms of his health he's been on the field a lot more um, and he's been able to turn those targets into touchdowns but it'll be interesting to see if he develops you know the third years where up up onto that wide receiver class in 2014 we always thought you know the third year breakout's coming and Mike Williams seems to be on track uh, for, for that Before we get into the next clip, I want to remind you because this is my last show on this season of this show, but we'll have more stuff coming out throughout the offseason. We've got free agency, the playoffs, the NFL draft, and we'll be covering it all here on Rotovis Radio. So I want to remind you that you can go to patreon.com forward slash Rotovis Radio to support the show. Subbing to the Patreon gives you access to the awesome community of hosts and listeners we've got going on over there, as well as the Rotovis Live shows. Every Sunday morning this season, we've put out Rotovis Live, an interactive show with some of the hosts here over at Rotoviz Radio. You can get those last-second start sits, DFS pivots, injury news. It's all going on here, and it hasn't been possible without you guys. And we want to keep that going. Go to patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. Welcome back. This next clip comes to you courtesy of the R. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, Rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2. Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. The mailbag with Jeremy Hart. His guest this week is Pete Davidson, and they are talking about some wide receiver start sits for the last week of the Fantasy Championship. Here it is. Huh. So I need to bench either Evans or Cooks or Galladay to get Robbie in my lineup. That's the basic thing. Yeah, that's the premise. He wants to start Robbie and wants to know if it's justified in this scenario. Well, I really do like Robbie this week. Mm-hmm. Um, those are tough guys to bench, though. If 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 I was going to do it, I would bench Galladay, first of all, because um, I think he's got a tough matchup with, what, Darius Slay? No, 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 excuse me, uh, Xavier Rhodes. Um, if I was going to bench one of them, it would be Galladay. So the question is Robbie versus Galladay. Um, I think it's a close call. I would probably do it. I would probably play Robbie over Galladay. Yeah, gosh, this is tough. I but mean, that's a really tough call. I mean, I, uh, it's tough. It, I, here's what I would say. And Robbie Anderson's healthy now. The, the, I watch the Jets every week. I watch pretty much every team every week. But I watch the Jets twice because I'm addicted to my Jet pain. And um, <laughs> the thing I would say about Robbie Anderson is he was hurting a good portion of the year. It was a high ankle, and he was not himself. But if you've been watching him over the past four weeks, he's gotten better every game. And I'm not talking about production. I'm talking about actual field movement. He looks better. He's getting out of his breaks. Um, he actually has come down weird on that foot a couple times and did not come up limping. It's something I've been looking for. So I'm pretty confident Robbie performing this week. Then look at the Jets. The Jets are a team 
where over time they've become a better funnel for targets than a lot of teams because so many guys have fallen away. I think there's a good chance that Inunua is not going to play again this week. Um, so really the target tree is like Robbie Anderson, Chris Herndon, Jermaine Curse, and a bunch of guys who've never been in my kitchen. So I think I would I would play Anderson and go after that that concentrated target uh, volume. I would do it. I think it's worth it. Yeah, you kind of spoke to concentrated target volume here, and that's the, that's the struggle in sitting Kenny Galladay too, right? Is because he's going to get all that, right. and, we, and and we saw it work to their disadvantage when they couldn't get the freaking offense moving. But last week, when nobody was on him, that's when we saw, hey, this can happen when you are literally getting twenty eight to thirty two percent of your team's target market share there. So I still want to keep Kenny in there, but I'm with you. I think the highest ceiling out of this group this week is still Robbie Anderson, just the way he can go over the top. So. I'll right. still take also, Robbie. I, I want to sit Evans or Cooks here, Pete, and this is the struggle, right? I I don't want to sit anybody in the, in the L.A. offense right here, but they seem to be on a downturn. I think okay. here's the crazy let's, thing. Well, I think I'm just, let's talk about Evans and Cooks. Yeah, so I think I think it's Evans. I think Evans is the sit here, and I think it's because he's going to get you a couple splash plays, but unlike Robbie Anderson, it's not going to do much for their offense, and, and they're going to be drawing a, a just a difficult – overall defensive matchup this week and I I mean what can Robbie do that you know what can Mike Evans do this week that Robbie can't do and so I think when you're looking at something like a projection system it's taking in the body of work now granted there have been the you know I I don't want to call it a narrative bigger receivers have done the most damage to Dallas secondary but I just think in a a pace down matchup Jets are just gun blazing right now gunslinging all over the field I think I'd rather just sit Evans in worst case scenario Evans gives you that five for 80 type of line, and you expect that out of Robbie Andy. Uh, Robbie Andy, anyway. This offseason, early in the offseason, my coverage of fantasy sort of started with, or at least kicked off with me telling people not to buy Derrick Henry over at Player Profiler. And it feels like a fitting way to end the season for myself by having the Dynasty Tradecast guys on telling you it is time to sell Derrick Henry after two great weeks. Here's the clip, the final one of the season. Have a listen. Derrick Henry, uh, another fantastic week from Derrick Henry. Ran the ball 33 times, Nathan, 33. Um, I believe that is a lot. Uh, If Dan was here, he would probably say hashtag a lot. And he got 170 yards and two TDs on that. So um, I guess what is your take on Derrick Henry? Uh, I think last week all of us were on board with it's time to sell Derrick Henry. Is this just a widening of the window to maybe if you have a trade deadline through uh, through right now that after the season's over, you can then go and shop him? For, for the most part, I, I think it's a sell window, but as some may know, uh, I, I I was born a Derrick Henry believer, a Derrick Henry true. truther. You've and, been quiet recently about that. Because he's been terrible. And <laughs> so, But as is the case when these type of things happen, it's like, as good as I thought he was. Eh. I mean, you got Tyler Boyd and Tyreek right, so you, there we go. you got Henry right too with all of Dynasty Twitter as well. And uh, the clear difference between like hitting on a late breakout wide receiver and a late breakout running back is that I think that the workload is so much more of a factor with the running back that it's like okay, the team has to believe in the guy; they have to give him the touches. And the last two weeks, particularly this week with the 33 carries. They believe in him right now, and whether that's going to carry through to next season, whether they're going to invest at another running back in the draft or free agency, 
I don't know, um, but I, I tend to lean towards this this widens the window more than opens more than me thinking, okay, it's still time to buy. But there is a part of me that thinks, well, like let's don't let's not close the book on Henry like too quickly. Like, like he might actually be good. Well, I mean, I, I, and that's that's a fair question of is he good? I mean, the problem here is this volume. I mean, maybe if there's a dude in the league that is physically built for this volume, he might be the guy. But this volume is not sustainable long term. And so, I mean, if he's able to put up, if he's getting 20 carries and has somebody to split the split the carries with. But, I mean, this was clear that they just want to ride him into the ground. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm still on board with selling him. And I, I as I mentioned at the top of this, I think this is the window that is is the dump Derrick Henry and his value is going to be inflated from this, especially if he has one more good game at the end of here and wins somebody as outrageously as it may sound their dynasty championship. Yeah, that's cert- certainly a fair prospect. Uh, let's move on to another player who may be worth a dumping and that's Damian Williams of the Kansas city chiefs. Obviously they lost cream hunt a few weeks ago. They had uh, Spencer Ware out for their uh, game this week. And so in steps Damian Williams, who, you know, got the bulk of the work, six catches for 74 receiving yards, 10 rushes for for 49, and two touchdowns. Is there any prospect of Williams being a contributor in 2019, or is this a pure end-of-season play? I mean, if you watch this game, he he looked like a man possessed. He was he was just trucking this defense. Uh, Everybody was struggling to take him down. Uh, To me, he looked – kind of real dealish um as as crazy as that may sound um i'm and, and with with like the uncertainty in kansas city i mean okay let's think about how this plays out probably right is okay in kansas city their cream hunt's certainly not coming back so now they have now they have Ware and williams they'll probably draft somebody. where's the free agent for what it's worth right yeah and now we, so they're probably going to draft somebody um, but is that person going to take over immediately or can Williams actually keep a, a, a share in this, in this offense if he performs well down the stretch here? And I think so. And I think he's showing that he can, he can be a valuable asset in the receiving game too, for dump off passes. I mean, this is, I, I don't know volume wise if he's capable of sustaining this, but if he's, even if he's a 50% share, the price tag right now looks real good. Um, where, if, if I'm able to, going out and buying Damian Williams, if you're capable of doing so for like a third, strikes me as being a real good deal. So before the show, I pulled up Pro Football Reference and opened a query because that's what every good fantasy analyst does. You just make queries for things because it's fun. And I pulled up running backs taking the top 100 picks who were given less than 500 attempts in their first three seasons. And I limited it to guys who played 40 games or more because I wanted to get a picture of guys like Derrick Henry, guys who are basically riding the bench the whole time, working in as rotational backs for their first three seasons, despite being high draft picks, because it's exactly what Derrick Henry is. He's a guy who we've all been waiting for a breakout and he's been healthy. He hasn't been hurt. That's what the 40 games would be representing is that he's been healthy and they just choose not to play him. And guys in this sample were often guys like Tatum Bell or Ben Tate, guys who are career backups and that's all they're ever destined to be which is fine. That's still a successful NFL career, but I believe that's likely something of what we'll see with Derrick Henry. I actually, looking at this list, I found the perfect Derrick Henry guy, and that was Lamar Miller. He was taking at the top of the fourth round. He was a rotational guy at Miami, and I personally loved him. Young, young boy dynasty Kyle loved Lamar Miller. He was so fast. He could score from anywhere. That's exactly what we've seen with Derrick Henry. He went to Houston. They gave him a larger workload, and it's 
been moderately successful in terms of an NFL career. Miller's been a Houston Texan for three years. Each year, he's gotten over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage, despite it going down each year. And despite that number, including his Miami years, going down each of the past five years, he's still been a successful fantasy player. He's been an RB2 in all of those years. And I think that's maybe a great comp for Derrick Henry in that he can't catch the ball, so we know he's only going to be running. But we've seen him struggle at times, despite how incredibly athletic he is. And I think that's a great comp for him. I think by the end of next year, there's a decent chance we see him go somewhere else. His contract ends after 2019. And I think even after he leaves, he can still be a successful rusher going for over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage each year for the next two to three years, maybe scoring a 10-touchdown season like Lamar Miller's final season in Miami, but the price you have to pay to get Derrick Henry after these crazy weeks is going to be outlandish, and you're getting that for a, a grinder on an offense that isn't electric, and for a guy who profiles with guys like Ben Tate. Despite that, I still think there's upside for him. I'm not paying for it. If you like Derrick Henry, I don't want to rain on your parade. Another guy who falls into this list is Jamal Charles, a guy who's just incredibly efficient his whole career. Start to end, he didn't get as many carries as guys like Adrian Peterson. It didn't matter. He was an incredible fantasy back, but I think the differences are pretty striking where that efficiency is almost impossible to sustain, and also he cut the ball a lot. So sure, rushing like Jamal Charles is within Derrick Henry's range of outcomes because we've seen him break these stupid 17-carry, 217-yard games, but it's more likely, I believe, that he's Lamar Miller or less, and for that reason, he's a big sell for me. Guys, that has been the Road of His Radio Weekly Recap. This is the final show of the season, but I'm sure I'll be back on Road of His Radio throughout the offseason. Again, go to our Patreon or go to roadofhis.com forward slash podcast. I have been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at FFKyleTheKid. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy 
Decoy by Duckhorn. Elevate your occasion.